Hello, powerful mothers. My name is Abby Ayala Williams, and I am your host for Birth in Power. I love to hear birth stories because I have my own stories also. I am a mother to two girls and four boys, and I've had four births in the hospital and two at home. So I know what's like to be in the healthcare system and what's like to use a midwife and the big difference between both the hospital birth and the home birth. So this podcast now that I'm doing is called Birth in Power. It's about empowering first-time mothers to have the knowledge to have the education, the understanding that they need so they can navigate the healthcare system and advocate for themselves when it's time for them to give birth. Hello, powerful mothers. Welcome to Birth in Power. Birth in Power is a podcast that celebrates the birth stories of Black women, sharing their narratives of strength, resilience, and empowerment. Birth in Power provides a platform for Black women to share their experiences and their journeys through pregnancy, labor, and delivery. Hello, mothers, new mothers, old mothers. I would like to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of Birth in Power. Today, I have Elise Wiggins, and she's going to tell us about her birth stories and what that entails. Hi, Elise. How are you? All is well. Thank you for having me here to share. Yes. So how many children do you have? I have two children. Okay. And how old are they? So I have a 17-year-old daughter and I have mm-hmm. a 12-year-old son. Okay. So 17-year-old daughter. So that was about 17 years ago. So what was your birth experience at that time? So my birth experience at the time was, um, of course, that was like my first child. And the funniest thing is, and I think about this until today, um, I was in labor with her for three days. By the time I had an epidural, I think twice. And by the time I had actually given birth to her, the epidural wore off. So I kind of like felt everything. And as soon as I gave birth to her and I looked at her like in the incubator, like on the side of me, I went to sleep. And when I woke up again, I was like in like a transition room to put me into my own room. And Mm -hmm. I hadn't even touched my baby. So I think that that's something mothers need to uh, be aware of because I didn't realize this, I want to say, until like 10 years later that my daughter and I didn't have an emotional connection. We have one now, grateful. But it was because when she was initially born, there was no contact between us. I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, we made a joke out of it, but eventually I realized it was not a joke. Um, Fast forward with my second child, my son, he was still attached to the umbilical cord and he was already nursing. Like I knew not to make the same mistake with him. So, yeah. Wow. So you were in labor for three days. So when with your daughter, so 
when you were in the hospital for those three days, what was your experience like? So I wasn't in the hospital the entire time. And, and this is what happened. So she was born July 6th and it started mm-hmm. on um, July 4th. Now, you know, it was a holiday and it was, you know, I had so many different barbecues to attend. But when I woke up that morning, I believe I was cleaning and mm-hmm. I was just be, I was in pain. It went beyond like having your period and having cramps. And I, I just kept walking. That was the remedy at the time to just walk everywhere. And I mm-hmm. was with, um, you know, his sisters, my family. It was, it was excruciating. It was almost as if, I'm not even going to lie. It was just bad. Right. Yeah. And I think it was even worse because like I said, shh, no, no, I didn't see her. And then when I finally saw her is when it was like, it was okay. Like, so I could also understand too, that postpartum portion where my mind started to play tricks on me. Like, did you really have a baby? Was this Mm -hmm. all a dream? Because where was this baby that I had? This is my first child. Where's this baby that I had been anticipating? So it was more than just the physical pain. It was also the mental, like my mind started to play tricks on me. Wow. Wow. So who was your support system when you were in the hospital? So I had his family, my, like it was even after I had my daughter and my son, and I'm so grateful for this where, you know, they came over to our house every day to the point it was after a while, like, okay, I feel better. You guys can go home now. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, I, I was truly, truly supportive like 100 and like over 100% I was supported yes that's amazing I'm glad to hear you were supported because you know the reality is some mothers don't have that support mm-hmm. and they are alone like for example when I had my first child this was back in uh you know about 15 years ago mm-hmm. I wish I knew what I know now Mm -hmm. because it's like I went into, because here in Toronto, um, your healthcare provider is by your postal code. So your zip code uh, as a reference. Mm -hmm. So if you live in a a good postal code area, then of course you will get a a good doctor, a good OBGYN and a good hospital. But if you live in a postal code that there's no, that's kind of like not that great, then mm-hmm. the same thing happens. You get like a subpar care. So even though I lived in a all right postal code at that time, mm-hmm. but because I didn't know what I know now, I went to a postal code that wasn't all that great because that was a doctor mm-hmm. that I was seeing all because it's Nigerian you know, because mm-hmm. I'm Nigerian. So I wanted like a Nigerian doctor. So okay. I went to an area that wasn't all that great. So of course, he, um, he, um, he, the OBGYN I had was also in the same area. So obviously the hospital <laughs> is there. So I, um, my first daughter, she came like um, about six days late. She oh, was wow. forced out pretty much. She wasn't 
she wasn't ready to come out, you know, because I was six days post, uh, I mean, past my due date. And they're like, okay, you have to go into the hospital and get induced. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I went by myself in the morning thinking, okay, whatever. Like I had no clue what was happening. So right. they, they induced me. Okay. So I was, and I don't know if you've ever been induced before, but no. induction pain is 10 times worse than labor pain. Like it's like Ooh. intense and it comes often. So I was doing all this with no epidural, nothing. So I'm mm. like, okay, nurse, please. I need an epidural. Cause at that point, it's my first time. I, I had no idea. So she's yeah. like, no, you're not, you're not far enough to, to get an epidural. So she didn't give me an epidural. So I went through the pain, intense pain, everything for like seven, eight hours. And then eventually they're like, oh, your baby's heartbeat is going down. Her heart rate is going down. And what I like to do in hospitals, like, you know, make, uh, put you down, like you're on the bed and you're just there. You can't move because they have an IV in you. They have mm-hmm. the monitor. They have all this. So you can't really walk around. You can't really move. So that's another one mistake that I didn't know. If I knew, I would have walked around and be like, Mm-mm, I'm not staying in, in this bed because it makes the pain 10 times worse. So anyway, so they're like, oh, her heart rate is going down. We need, we might need to do C-section. So I was like, at this time I was exhausted because I'm going through pain like I've never felt before in my life. Yeah. And, and they're like, okay. So thank God her heart rate started coming back up. And I was able to push her. Like I got to 10 centimeters dilated and I pushed her out. And this nurse thinking she was doing, you know, she was being mean or whatever, you know, not giving me the epidural when I needed it. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of thank her because what she thought she was doing bad to me, she actually helped me for my future births right. because I thank her for not giving the epidural, even though she thought she was doing a mean thing to mm-hmm. me, but she actually helped me. So I gave birth naturally. I was like, never again. <laughs> so yes. Yes. With, my second, with my second daughter, when I knew that I was feeling the contractions and stuff, I stayed my ass home, okay? I'm like, I am going to do this the natural way. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to do a bubble bath. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to walk up and down the stairs and do everything that I need to do so I don't spend any more minutes in the hospital than I have to. So yes. worked for me. I was able to manage the pain naturally at home. And then eventually... I called my, my mom. She, um, she brought me to her house. And then I think about an hour or two after I'm like, I need to go to the hospital now because I knew like it was time. So my, as my sister was driving me <laughs> to the hospital, I was in the back seat, like, I'm about to push. Cause I felt the hurts to push. She's mm-hmm. like, do not push in my car. And she started <laughs> speeding down <laughs> at the highway. Oh my goodness. So, so funny. And then when we got to right. the hospital, I couldn't walk because the baby was like right there, you know? So she had to get me um, a wheelchair. So she rolled me in through, into the um, into the birth um, birthing uh, suit or whatever. And then I kid you not, as soon as I got upstairs, my water gushed out. Like, this was so dramatic. Like the water just gushed out to the floor as soon as I got there. And then within five minutes, I had my, my second daughter. So I was like, see? I did everything. This is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to do everything natural and less intervention as possible. So 
from there, I learned to do things naturally. And then Man. eventually I had my, uh, my fifth and sixth baby at home. I did two home births. So wow. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, yeah. But it, the first, the first experience taught me a lot. I was like, never again would I be at these people's mercy because mm-hmm. as a first time mother, they, I, I do think they take advantage of you because they know you don't know what you're doing and you don't know how to advocate for yourself. So they just tell you, Oh, just do this, do that. They give you, yeah, yeah they just give you things that are not necessary. Like why couldn't my baby be in for at least seven, eight days until she's ready? You know, as long as the plus the water is still at a good level and she's okay, then she, she she shouldn't be forced out. But these are things I didn't know then that now, huh, no healthcare uh, person can tell me anything. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so now your um your daughter and your son, like how. How are they doing? Like, are they in school? Like, how, how, how are they? So wait, it's a couple of things that you said that I want to let you know. Because mm-hmm. I'm sorry. When you said that, like, in Canada, your, your mm-hmm. health care goes by your postal code. That's how it's here yes. in the U.S. with schools, with the school district. Mm-hmm. They're done mm-hmm. through the postal code. So I just thought it was kind of, like, amazing that you said that, that the parallel was there. Now... Here's the thing, fast forward 17 and 12 years later, I don't have that same support. Um, I did wind up leaving their dad. We we never married, but we were together for a long time. And after I had my son, I was like, okay, you can't allow children to grow up in this because this is not normal. And Mm -hmm. when I walked away from their dad, I walked away from money. I mean, just everything. It definitely has been a struggle, but there has been the benefits of it because I believe it made my children and I stronger as a unit. So I Mm -hmm. I just want to just be clear about what was true at one time in my life wasn't. So even when I just heard me answer the question and say, oh, I had so much support. Here we are today. Mm -hmm. That support is not there. And like, Mm -hmm. this is the reason why I do the work that I do with women, because I know what it's like to have goals, to have dreams, and you don't have support. You're made to feel ashamed of, oh, you should go to work or you should stay home. Oh, well, you know, you're at work, but things are happening at home. And it's like, well, you need to be a better mother. Okay, well, let me know which one should take the priority being a provider or actually being a nurturer. And this is the reason, like, literally, I just resigned from my job, like, I want to say an hour ago before getting on this call. And yes, because my children have been either having behavior or health. I mean, it's just been like back to back. And I kept saying, why is this happening to me? And look at what's happening. And I can't, And then I thought, wait a minute, you're trying to fit your lifestyle into what you're you're expected to do instead of saying, Mm -hmm. I'm a mom. This is this is how Mm -hmm. this is. Not Oh, you know, something is always happening. You're raising children. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just a matter of, again, what was true yesterday does not have to be true today. Yes, we can learn from the pain. And I think that as mothers. We have to stop looking from the perspective, or I'm speaking for myself, why is this happening to me? And now it's like, okay, 
this is happening to me and I'm going to react this way. Hmm. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. So what, um, what would you tell somebody that's pregnant for their first time ever? You know, that first pregnancy is, pregnancy is always like scary and you just don't know <laughs> what to do because there's so many information out there. Yes. You know, you got to just, just Google and you everything but it's like there's no one tailored to you specifically or to tell you how to advocate for yourself even though they say oh yeah you have to have a birth plan and sometimes the birth plan doesn't work out the way you want it to work <laughs> things happen so right. what advice would you tell like a first-time mother like ever getting pregnant and they're keeping it and they want to have the baby like what would you tell that person? So whether the mother was with the father of the child or not, because Mm -hmm. um, in my second pregnancy, I didn't get the support from their dad, even though they have the same father, it -hmm. wasn't the same quite experience with my second pregnancy. What I will say to you is you have to know that you are a creator and mm-hmm. men can't have babies. They can they can give us semen and we actually give life. We populate the world. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a mental, emotional, and spiritual strength. You have to know that there is God within you that allows you to recreate and bring life onto this earth. With that being said, you cannot allow anything to impact you because I believe, right, this is not like theory based, but I believe that our subconscious minds are started when we're in the womb, mm-hmm. right? Like think about if, if you if you go back to the beginning of Genesis, the way it describes that the world is formed, it sounds like an empty womb. Mm-hmm. The world was out without form. There's nothing inside. Look at the sonograms and all you see is black and white and water. Mm-hmm. And you separated the night from the day and it was good. Like, if you think about it, it sounds like a wound. So right now, as much as you possibly can, I would say stay away from negative people. If you can environment, if it's not, if if you're in an environment that's, that, you know, is not healthy, but you can't get away. You have to learn to create internal peace. And that's definitely going to be a challenge while you're pregnant. But God knows who you're about to give birth to. God knows who you will become as a result uh, as a result of giving birth to this person. So if you're a first time mom, I would definitely have to say peace has to be your best friend internally and externally. Wow. Thank you for that. You're welcome. That is a great, great, great tip. And wow. So before we go, is there any last thing you would like to you would like to tell the listeners out there? So I definitely would. So I have a, a weekly masterclass for moms who are experiencing burnout. So just mm-hmm. quickly, I was in a doctorate program last year and I got burned out. I didn't know it was burnout and I'm studying counseling psychology. Imagine, right? The doctor becomes the patient and yes. I didn't realize, yeah, the impact burnout has. And, you know, I want to be able to help mothers. So every Saturday, I'll share the link with you every Saturday, um, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm on for about two hours and I'm not the expert, but you are. I just let you vent. 
you meet other mm-hmm. mothers and we find a way to reawaken your light. That's the name of the program, reawaken your light because burnout is real. Mm, that is amazing. So please, mothers out there, new mothers, reach out to Elise. She will help you if you're, if you're in, in your career and you're trying to be a mom to help you with the burnout thing because it's a true thing like burning out from your career is <laughs> it's not a joke like I chose to be a stay-at-home mom after my third baby mm-hmm. because I knew I had to make some changes because like you said like if you're not around your children will suffer yeah from yeah from your absence so I, I started seeing that in my children I was like nope <laughs> I have to change my career and be a business person or find some other way to make money, but I have to be home with my, with my children. And that's um, what I've told them since 2017. And sometimes it's hard, you know, cause you might not make as much money as you would working outside of the home, but I have no regrets. I'm happy. And yeah. So <laughs> then that's confirmation that what I just did was like, ding, 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 ding. So yep. thank you, Abby. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your birth story and and giving those tips for the new mothers out there because I know it's not an easy, easy journey at all to be a mother because you have to deal with like your self-confidence, your self-esteem. You, you mm-hmm. start to doubt yourself. Like, oh, yes. am I, you know, so there's so many things that happens mentally and physically to you after you become a mother. So I just want to let you know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like if me and Elise have done it, you can do it also. And you have the power to do it. So just believe in yourself. There's birth in power. (laughs) Right. So thank you so much, Elise. And have yourself a lovely and wonderful day. And the listeners out there, please join her every Saturday. You said at 10 a.m. is the standard time. Yes, I'll send you the link. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Birth in Power. And I would like to thank our guest of today. And remember, mothers, there is power in knowledge. Know your body, know yourself, and know who you choose to be on your health on your support system, your healthcare system, and all that stuff, because it's very important. If you would like to share your birth story with us, please reach out to me on Instagram at Abby Ayola, so that's A-B-B-Y-A-Y-O-O-L-A, or Uggs Hill Foundation 22. Thank you, and have a lovely day.